the anti-Semitism that happened in Portugal and Spain uh, in the modern age. Uh, a discriminatory, racist, and anti-Semitic law was issued in Toledo, Castela, in the year of 1449. It prohibited any Jew converted to Christianity to participate in the professional corporations that would be admitted to any honorific offices in the state or in the church. Known as the purity of blood, uh, blood statutes, this, this legislation discriminated the individuals for their ethnic origin and was aimed exclusively at the Jews converted to, to Christianity and their descendants. Since 1391, the number of Jews converted forcibly to Christianity in Spain had increased. It was the year of the Sevilla massacres and the beginning of the, mo um, of, um, the movement of conversions commanded by Fray Vicente Fer. At the Iberia Peninsula, the Jews were subject to their own legislation that was increasingly more restricted. As conversions, they were not subject to the to that restrictive legislations. They were in the same position as the Christians and could compete with them in every field. To the old Christians, this called for some kind of a measure. Hence, the urgency of a legislation that would limit the action of the competing group, the converted Jews. In Toledo, 1449, a rebellion against the government and the conversos that were accused of being responsible for the rise in taxes resulted on the promulgation of the Sentencia Statuto or the Purity of Blood uh, Statutes. Statutes. The Sentencia Statuto was both a judgment of the conversos and their legislation. Using a religious pretext, pretext it was in reality a measure of economic origin. It accused all the conversos of being crypto Jews, of being bad Christians, and that it didn't matter what, what they did. The Judaism was in their boat. We found also the accusation that the Jewish poison was in their mother's milk. That legislation was a racist one, establishing that the conversos or new Christians were not equal to the old Christians and would never be since they carried in their blood the seeds of the impurity, the seeds of Judaism. These statutes were a social and urban phenomenon issued, issued under a religious pretext. They aimed to stop the converted bourgeoisie of competing in, a, in the professional corporations, public offices, and essentially to hinder the so social climbing of the conversal group. They were in effect for almost three centuries in the Iberian Peninsula and its dominions, always favoring the old Christian upper layers of society, because when dividing the Spanish and the Portuguese into pure and impure, it, it assured the exclusion of the converted competitors. This legislation offered the basis for a new institution that was established in the Iberian Peninsula the Iberian Inquisition, that was at the same time an ecclesiastical and a political institution, as it was the king that appointed the general inquisitor. The Inquisition did not create the concept of purity of blood, but it used it on its regiment. Nor did the Inquisition create the exclusion of the descendants of Jews of the society, 
but it was the Inquisition that, that applied it effectively in the real world. It was the Conversos as a social group, independent of its religious involvement, that were the subject of the Holy Office. My main objective in this paper is to show how this legislation was applied in the Portuguese Empire, especially by the Inquisition, and its effects on the colony Brazil. I will show now two examples how they hindered the economical, social, and cultural development of the Portuguese colony from the 16th to the 18th centuries. The Inquisition was established in Portugal in 1536. Its main purpose was to supervise the religion of the new Christian. Jews, Jews that in Portugal were all forcibly converted to Christianity in 1497 and their descendants. With the establishment of the Inquisition in Portugal, it became very dangerous for the new Christians to work and live there. Many decided to go to Brazil, where it was easier to escape the vigilance of the Inquisition. Although the Inquisition did not have a court in Brazil, it was active in the colony for three centuries through its representatives, familiares, commissários, visitadores, officials of the Inquisition, old Christians, and it acted with varying degrees of intensity depending on the historic period and the region of the colony. In the first centuries, it acted in the northeast, where the sugarcane was cultivated, and the 18th century in the southeast, Minas Gerais and Rio de Janeiro after gold was discovered in that region. The Inquisition had a rule, follow the money. The new Christians went to Brazil and with them went the prejudice. There too, they were new, they were different. And the legislation made, made it very clear, as well as the old Christians. That doesn't mean that conversos do not assimilate in the colonial society. They did, and externally, they behaved exactly as the old Christians. In some regions, they mingled with them, including marrying with old Christian women, and lived in relative peace until the arrival of the Inquisition. In the end of the 16th century, in Bahia Pernambuco, the Inquisition began its actual action in Brazil. Few people were arrested, but many were denounced or confessed their crimes to the inquisitorial board. A voyager wrote that in Brazil, that Brazil was free from the Inquisition for, for a long time, but now it was so rigorous that the, at the minimum suspicion, suspicion that they were Jews, merchants were imprisoned and their houses and assets confiscated. A priest said that the inhabitants of Brazil were in great part Jews, and they were a malignant people. Legislation regarding the new Christian was issued during the colonial period. In Rio de Janeiro, there was a, the prohibition of the conversos to be elected officials. A royal decree of 1611 said, said that all candidates for the municipal offices should be selected between the nobles and without any race, with men without Jewish blood. In 1643, another municipal, municipal decree stated that in Rio de Janeiro, an official should not be elected people from the nation, from the nation, meaning people from the Jewish nation. In the inquisitorial documents, we find the opinion of the old Christians about the new Christians, where that were their, their neighbors, business partners, went to the same church, friends, their, they were their children's godfathers or godmothers. <coughs> All said that externally the new Christian was a good Catholic, 
went to the church, did all the works that was expected from a good Christian. But as he was a converse with Jewish blood, in his house they could not know what he did. Even though they lived close by and knew their families for generations, the knowledge about the ethnic origin of the families was always present. In Rio de Janeiro, the new Christian families were established since the 16th centuries, and in the 17th and 18th centuries, the marriages were <coughs> When the Inquisition arrived in the beginning of the 18th century, Penny uh, was installed among converts. The new Christians represented around 20% of Rio of de Janeiro's free white population of the time. Part of this new Christian community lived in the city, engaged in urban activities, while around 50% of the community was dedicated to agricultural activity, mainly the cultivation of sugarcane and sugar production. Some sugar mill and some sugar mill and plantation owners planters, small cow farmers are dependent on this. However, some of the sugar mill owners or planters were also lawyers, doctors, or, or traders, maintaining a household in the city and upholding a strong family network. In the group of the new Christians, the family network involved everyone. The same families were involved in urban activities, liberal professions, sugarcane cultivation, sugar production and sales, and in trade with the Minas Gerais. One member of the family would be engaged at the sugar mill, another in the city, and a third at the mines, in a typical colonial society relationship, which was patriarchal, agrarian-based, owning large properties and involving slave labor. <coughs> <coughs> the rural plan was the main part of political and society organization, shaping a network of people linked to the clan and interconnected by a wide range of interests. This favored the action of the Inquisition court that always began the arrests by the families. All those accused of the crime of heresy were subject to the confiscation of all their assets. In the order of prison of the new Christians, it was already printed the order of the sequester of the assets. When the Inquisition arrested the conversos in Rio de Janeiro, their business were all confiscated. 20% of the sugar mills of the region pertained to new Christians. When they were, were arrested, their properties were confiscated, as well as their slaves, the sugar, their money, their clothes, everything they possessed, included the food and wine they had in their houses. The production of sugar suffered with the situation as well as other new Christian businesses. Contemporary voices were, were aware of the problem. In the 18th century, writing about the consequences of the inquisitorial action on the production of sugar, Douglas da Cunha, an illustrated nobleman, Portuguese ambassador in various reigns of Europe, said that after the Inquisition discovered the mine of the Jews in the Rio de Janeiro and confiscated their assets, including their sugar mills, it was necessary that the king himself intermeddle once he saw the great loss that the Inquisition caused in the trade of sugar. Similar proposition was made by Antonio Nunes Ribeiro another illustrated diplomat and physician that considered that the confiscation of sugar mills 
was the cause of the ruin of the sugar production and the sugar trade. In the 17th century, a already talked in favor of the new Christians, considering their value for the Portuguese economy. Antonio Vieira, in a proposition for the king, Don Juan IV, argued, argued that the only in Portugal the ancient Jews were called new Christians, that in Rome they could be overtly Jews. He said that the, there was no reason not to receive the homens de negocios, that were uh, how the uh, new Christian Jews uh, merchants were called. Uh, the business the, uh, not to receive the armies and negócios in Portugal with their riches and experience that they had proven their ability as merchants all over the world in Amsterdam, Hamburg, Angers, Italy. Father Vieira argued that the poverty of the reign of Portugal was due in part because of the confiscations made by the Inquisition that drove the armies and negócios away by arresting and confiscating their assets or making them uh, escape to lands where they could work and live without the menace of the church. <coughs> and the Inquisition hindered the development of Portugal and its colonies, not only in the economic aspect, but also in the cultural realm. Foundation of universities and presses in the colonies, as well as possession of books, were prohibited. The Inquisition had an index of prohibited books and among the things that were confiscated, there were books and texts that the new Christians had eventually had written. We must remember that most of the Portuguese population was illiterate, but in Brazil, study shows that all new Christian men were literate, and more than 50% of the conversion women were also literate, which is also a very high number. Among, among the prisoners of the Inquisition was Bento Teixeira, who lived most of his life in Brazil, who wrote an epic poem and died in the Inquisition dungeons in the 16th century. The apothecary and poet Antonio Serrano de Castro, who was incarcerated for 10 years, saw his daughter get insane and his son murdered by the Inquisition, garroted and then burned at stake. Uh, he was the author of some of the most sad and beautiful poems about the tragic destiny of being a new Christian. The epic poem in America, written in Goiás by the lawyer Ferreira Dourado, disappeared in, disappeared in the Inquisition archives as some of the poems of another lawyer, João Mendes da Silva. João Mendes da Silva's sons, Antonio, Antonio José da Silva, born in Rio de Janeiro, was one of the main, main dramaturgists in Portuguese language and was buried at the state. In Rio de Janeiro, in the 18th century, despite the prohibition, we find the Christians, lawyers and doctors, owners of large libraries with books of law, medicine, philosophy, religion and others, all of it confiscated by the Inquisition. In the colony, despite the action of the Inquisition, flourished an elite that enabled the formation of a Brazilian intelligentsia, already announced in the 17th century with the example of Father Antonio Vieira. We find in Rio de Janeiro, Bahia and Minas Gerais, learned new Christians that had books, had ideas, and had a new mentality that was guided by the critic to the Inquisition and to the religious intolerance, and that preached the liberty of conscience. Mentality that was developed in a society in which they lived divided between the Christian and the Jewish courts. 
the learned elite was silenced by the Inquisition. In 1773, the Marquise de Pombal determined the end of the distinction between the old and the new Christian and the division between pure and impure, uh, at least in pa on paper. The prejudice would last longer, and the action of the Inquisition also continued in the second half of the 18th century, now aiming the crimes of free thinking that was expressed mostly by the Brazilian students at Coimbra that were called afrancesados with French influence, most of them of new Christian origin. Thus, and concluding, we can note that for more than two and a half centuries, the blood stigma was one of the cruelest institutionalized racism of the Occidental world until the ascension of, the, of Nazism. I'm going to talk about anti-Semitism in a specific time in Brazil, the Dutch colony of Brazil in the 17th century. Through this paper, we can see the same accusations that you have seen in the sub-lectures in this conference. The Dutch Republic conquered Northeast Brazil in 1630. Many Jews came along with the Dutch settlers, looking for economic progress and religious freedom. Colonization made the Jews enjoy a comfortable position as they were needed as interpreters for business deals between the Dutch and the Luz Brazil. Do, uh, in this, it is under this background that the Jews were able to build a synagogue, schools and welfare agencies. Despite this, there are several examples of animosity against the Jews and the Christians in that time. All the stereotypes based on prejudice were restored both by the Calvinists and the Catholics. The anti-Jewish feeling can clearly be seen in a book written by a friar, Manuel Calado do Salvador, from the Congre congregation Serra da Ossa of the Order of St. Paul. In, in his book entitled The Valiant Lucidenus and the Trial of, of Liberty, written during warfare between Luso Brazilians and Dutch troops to reconquer the land from the Dutch, he describes the city of Recife as, quoting, a true paradise which, upon the arrival of the heretic Jews, elicit against corruption, hate, and all sorts of the crimes spread through the territory turns Recife into a Sodom and Gomorrah. Calado's intention was to hurt Jews and the Christians in many ways. <coughs> they the advantage of the fact that some new Christians, together with the, uh, the new-arrived uh, Jews from the Netherlands, were trying to revert to the former religion of their ancestors in order to form a well-structured community. He accused the new Christians of being heretic and traitors of the Lusitan motherland. According to him, the new Christians, due to their return to Judaism, goes from a heretic of the Holy Mother Catholic Church to a traitor of the Lusitan motherland by joining the, uh, the Dutch Jews. 
Friar Calado took advantage of the complaints against the Jews that were going from mouth to mouth to lead an anti-Judaism movement through his sermons. One occasion, while joining a resistance group to the domination by the Dutch, he detained four merchants who were carrying goods from the island of Tamaracá to Recife, as they were sinked near the guerrilla resistance group. A Dutch man was freed, a Jew managed to escape, but the other two merchants were held and later sentenced to death by hanging. As baptized Christians, they would have had the, ha the right to receive Christian instructions before being executed. It is at this instance that the stigma of heretic and traitor became confused. They were to die for treason to the homeland, collaborating with the, the Dutch. However, would die as Christians. Manuel Calado had the mission to remove the, blinded, the blindness by which the Jews led their lives. The friar was overjoyed because, according to him, he was able to confuse the Jews and many of them eventually declared themselves to be happy for believing their souls would be saved by Jesus, who, in his mercy, would take them out of the hell uh, they were living in. He can say that by accepting Jews, Jesus as the Messiah, the Jew believed they could stand a chance of having their death sentences revoked. If that was the purpose, they were unsuccessful, successful, since were both hanged. As to the question of Jews being regarded as traitors and collaborators with the Dutch, this was an idea that during many years was endorsed by several historians. However, by the end of the 70s, research conducted by uh, Professor Anita Lubinsky demonstrates that the most uh, new Christians remained loyal to the Portuguese in their war for the repossession of the territory. Masters of the Sugar Works, Diogo Lopes Ulio e Diogo da Serra, helped in the building of forts and trenches in Bahia. Other uh, joined a special commission which was part of the governor's plans to raise funds for the purpose of recovering Pernambuco for Dutch occupation. Among the donors were 27 new Christians out of a group of 108 people, that is 50% of them. In 1636, Count Maurice of Nassau arrived in Recife, assigned to, the go to govern the new colony. Nassau was received by two Portuguese who wanted to establish the ground for coexistence between the local inhabitants and the new conquerors, João Fernandes Vieira e Gaspar de Ferreira. According to Calado, when the old Christian João Fernandes Vieira approached Maurício de Nassau, he had the noble intention of assuring the safety of the inhabitants. On the other hand, the new Christian, Gaspar Dias Ferreira, according to Calado, personified the stereotype of the traitor Jew. He, as he, uh, he was only concerned about his own interest, eager to get rich at the cost of the inhabitants' blood. 
In Calat's words, he saw in the friendship with Maurice de Nassau many opportunities to become illegally rich. He was accused by Calado for, uh, for the embezzlement of sugar boxes that would be offered as a gift to Count of Nassau by the masters of sugar works. Both Fernando João Fernandes Vieira and Gaspar Dias Ferreira acted according to their personal interests. When judging their characters, Manuel Calado took into consideration their origin. The Jewish collaboration in the conquest of the northwest of Brazil by the Dutch is part of a myth that Friar Manuel Calado helped to build and was passed on to the future generation through historians. The animosity of the Calvinists towards the Jews was mainly due to the commercial competition, which always came along with an, an alleged religious protest. Some ideologists who planned the conquest of the Brazilian Northwest sustained the idea that religions should go together with arms in defense of the land granted by God. Under this context, Constant complaints by the predicant Calvinists were sent to the Dutch West Indian Company through yearly reports. In these reports, they complained of the arrogance of the Jews, their dishonesty in trade, and about the dangers of Jews marrying Christian women. Such accusations and demands of ostracism were done on a continuous basis against the Jews. The predicant Calvinists cited as example the restrictions imposed upon the Jews in other countries, such as in places where they had to wear a badge in their clothes, or a head hat, or yellow insignias on the chest to identify them as Jews, in order to avoid being fooled or stolen. Since, he quote, everyone knew of the methods used by sons of Judah, who lies, fools, and used the false means that made the competition difficult for Christians who do not resort to such treachery. Because of their usury practices towards farmers, they are a true plague in Brazilians' land. Brazil belongs to Christians, do not, uh, and not the damaged sons and daughters of Israel, who desecrated the name of Jesus. The Israelites are not needed here. Christians are able to do what they do. The Dutch West Indian Company regarded the Jews that came from Holland as important for political allies. They, they were interested to consider, uh, consolidate the trade of imported and export of goods. And thus the company could not take any drastic attitude towards the Jews, such as the request to exclude uh, them for the retail business. Therefore, the only measures that were taken against the Jews were the prohibition to build a new synagogue and the resolution that, from there on, two-thirds uh, of the brokers should be Christians. Maurice de Nassau became aware of the growing conflict. He advocated religious freedom for the inhabitants 
in the belief that tolerance could only benefit the Dutch government. He believed that hardening against religious groups would only increase the chances of a revolt. With the intent of placating animosities, Calvinist ministers pressured him into ma uh, making statements that were not favorable to the Jews. The friendship that Maurice de Nassau manifested was deeply appreciated by the Jewish community. In 1642, representatives from this community, knowing that Count Maurice de Nassau had to go back to Amsterdam, offered him a yearly amount for the duration of his terms of office, so that he would remain as the governor in Brazil. The concern of the Jewish leadership in Amsterdam was justified by the fact that since 1642 there was a Calvinist synod in place in Recife, formed by bishops from the Reformed Church. The synod had executive and deliberative power in all, all matters related to internal organization and moral behavior of the population of Dutch Brazil and could recommend to the governmental uh, authorities coercive or punitive measures for those cases the judge to be scandalous and deserve censorship or punishment. The main concern of the Simon regarding moral behavior centered on five points. The marital situation of couples that live in concubinage, prostitution, Catholic practices such as invocation, blasphemy, heresies, and apostasies, transgression of Sunday by Jews and blacks, freedom of religious uh, of Jews and Catholics. However, the Synod having been officially stated in Brazil in 1641, since the 1637, the class assemblies name given to the meeting between the Dutch colonial government and the representatives of the Reformed Church were dedicated to discussing issues regarding to the Jews. There was a repeated criticism about the freedom of the Jewish, Jewish worship. The Jewish religious practice referred as scandals and the unfair competition in business dealings. The year the Synod was created in Pernambuco, a set of regulations was established for all Jews social and religious activities that prohibited, prohibited them from marrying Christians. It, it was also decreed that the, the children of mixed marriages in which the mother was Jewish would have to be fostered by Christian's parents. The leaders of the Jewish community intervened appealed to the directors of the Dutch Indian Company and the resolution of the synod were never put in practice. A Calvinist predicant named Saint Joaquin Soler, who rendered service to the Dutch India Company in Recife, made on, on the most ferocious accusation against the Jews. He wrote several letters in which he insulted the Jews, accused them of sucking the, uh, the blood of the people, of stealing the company and benefiting from privilege that hurt the Christian merchants. These letters also show the Calvinists' deep concerns 
about the increase in the Jewish population, with the continual influx of Jews from Holland and increasing their birth rate. The Jews could become a majority in the region. The reconversion of new Christians to Judaism also raised a contrary manifestation. In 1641, an official of the Dutch government requested the banning and confiscation of the assets of Gaspar Francisco da Costa, a rich new Christian, because he had reconverted to Judaism and submitted himself to circumcision. Among the various demonstrations of anti-Semitism in Pernambuco, you have the case of a, Jews, of a Jew who was accused of blasphemy and tortured and killed by a mob inflamed by a speech made by priests. The Jewish community of Amsterdam being always vigilant of what was going on in Brazil, reacted with indignation of what had happened and accused the Dutch government of Recife of favoring the persecution uh, of Jews. Several attempts were made to prevent the Jews to practice their religions freely, but all were unsuccessful because when the Jesus Council of the Calvinists <coughs> decided that the two synagogues should be closed. The Jewish community of Recife contacted the Council of Elders in Amsterdam, which wrote a petition in 1645 to assure that no distinction would be made between Jews and Christians in the Dutch colonies. In reply to this petition, a document entitled a Honorable Patent was written and addressed to the Supreme Council of Brazil and to the government. Both synagogues remained functioning and the Jews were able to keep their religious practice. In conclusion, we can say that a large number of the hostilities occurred due to competition business. Notwithstanding these hostilities, Dutch Pernambuco was one of the few places <coughs> in the world in the 17th century where the Jews were able to work and practice their faith, not in public, but at least protected from the great evil, evil of those times, the Inquisition. Portuguese people 
and prepare them to assist happily the burning at the stake of the Jews. The Church of the Inquisition was created specifically against the converted Jew. But in a deep sense, it, uh, it was against the Jews as a nation, <coughs> and as religion, Judaism as a religion. <coughs> Other heresies beside the Jewish one was introduced after some years. But during 300 years, the main interest of the Inquisitor was the Jew, as they used to call the converted ones. More than 90% of the converted Uh, of the, uh, excuse me, more than 90% of the inquisitorial trials that exist still in the Portuguese archives are concentrated in Judaism. The court of the Inquisition was a political institution and at the same time a religious one because all the Jewish genocide was perpetrated in the name of God and, the, and to save the souls from hell. In a conference in Paris, only a few years ago, sponsored by the Association Gilles-Isaac, the main discussion was around the question, anti-Semitism still has Christian roots? Alain Filkenkroth, who participates at this conference, he gives a positive answer, but he says we have to go farther, much farther, and understand uh, the paradox that is included in this question. Today, the church has a dialogue, a dialogue excuse me, with the Jews. Nostra Itati abandoned the accusation of people they, they cite and don't mention anymore the perfidia, I don't know how to translate this to English. Perfidia means, I, I looked up in the dictionary, but I find three chills. There were books, there are books published with this name, Perfidia. They were all the time accused of Perfidia, Judaica, but I didn't know how to translate. You understand? Well, and uh, don't mention anymore, uh, uh, the Nostra Etesi don't mention anymore the Perfidia, Judaica. But paradoxically, anti-Semitism is spreading all over the world. And the traditional Christian opinions about the Jews continue. And if we go back to the sources, we still feel the strong influence of Paul. In uh, the rays of anti-Semitism in the present days show that the hate against the Jews did not stop with the Enlightenment and also not when the tribunal was closed and also didn't stop in Auschwitz. 
and today it is back with a new face that comes from the extreme left and also the right. To understand such a millionaire hate is difficult. But to help understanding it, we have to go back to history and go back to the source. The anal an analysis. The, no, the analysis. The analysis. The analysis of the language is fundamental in the study of anti-Semitism. And we must decodify the text of the discourse because in the language is hidden the signification of the author's experience of the discourse. The, the terms that appear in Christian <coughs> documents, abominable Jew, impious Jew, heart, I think this is difficult, heart, heart. Unbelievers, deniers of Christ, and so on, are interestingly <coughs> repeated in the 17th century as in the 20th and 21 centuries. The designation they cite <coughs> and traitor is used here today. Returning to history, let uh, us go back to the time of the Visigoths in Spain. And we have to remember that a similar phenomenon to the forced conversion of the Jews to Catholicism in 1497, Portugal, <coughs> happened also during Sisebutus time in the 7th century Spain. And the clandestine Judaism that is a, that in many aspects can be compared to modernism from the 16th century devil and survived till the arrival of the Arabs in the 8th century Spain. Give an example. Isidoro, the famous bishop of Sevilla, uh, was a kind of ideologist of the discrimination against the Jews. He did all the efforts to denigrate the most sacred space of Jewish faith, the synagogue, putting uh, on her a sexual libel, relating the synagogue, relating the synagogue with the Christian taboos of sensuality. In several passages of the Patristic, we find different accusations involving the synagogue with libidinous practices that corrupt everyone that comes near to her. Among all kinds of inventions, the Jews were accused of having bad smells that was physical sign of their spiritual deterioration and the biological evidence of a gradual deshumanization. Here we find 15 centuries before Nazism, in exactly the same sense, not 
the Jews were not human, but verbs, the way the German classified the Jews, exactly the same way. In the chapter, the Ecclesia et Eresius, Isidoro de Sevilla, in the seventh page, appoints the Jews, pagan and heretics. And here you have the same terms as used by the inquisitors 1,000 uh, years later. A real mystical body of death. From the time of the Visigoths till this 20th century, the Jews were diabolized, ridicularized, and dishumanized. The uh, designation Holy War legitimized violence against the Jews, who were forced uh, of forces of Satan. The bishop continues, not even baptize a Jew can change as he continued with his horrible smell and all his vices. Racism, as it was considered in Spain and Portugal, that contains the idea that psychological characteristics are transmitted in blood, still didn't appear clearly in the Visigothic times. But we can feel how gradual racism developed, till it became a institutionalized racism in Spain and Portugal, as Luna said. The main statement of the Bishop Isidoro and his collaborators was that the Jews are all antichrist and all the source for evil because the Jews are not human It sounds unbelievable when we read and think that 1,240 years before Nazism, the Bishop Isidoro already wrote that the Jews was different creature, different nature, and we cannot expect from, the, from them human reaction. The Jews were not men and women like the Christians, but diabolic demons and beasts. So when Richard Wagner said, knowing that a theater full of Jews was burning, that fire was the best way to destroy, to finish with rates, he was not innovating anything. In the Council of Toledo in 694, the Jews were already accused of being traitors, conspirators of a world complex. In the Visigothic times, as in the times of the Inquisition, as in the 20th century, the protocols of the Sage of Sion, Sage Zion, of the Elders of Zion, the protocols of the Elders of Zion, the Elders of Zion. Elders of Science. Elders of Science. The sage, sabios and sage. 
Well, the protocols, the Jews want to conquer the world, and they are all conspirating for that. The devaluation of all the Jewish traditions went so far that in medieval times, the church wanted to take away from the Jews even the paternity of Abraham, the birth of the Jewish people. Uh, was not from Isaac. And Isidore Sevilla said always very clearly that Greece could not be a Jew. The Jewish holidays were ridiculized and Shabbat considered a repulsive holiday full of luxurious origins. And Julian of Toledo in 642 in the Council of Toledo, refers to the Jews as a disseminators of all the sicknesses that happened in the kingdom. And he suggested that a special prophylaxy should be prepared by specialists. Uh, sickness became a metaphor to the Jewish condition in the Iberian Peninsula as in Germany in the 20th century. The, the, the Julius discourse, sickness, is a metaphor of the malignity of the Jews. Julius divided the Visigoth kingdom in healthy and infectious, exactly as during the 16th century in Portugal and in the 20th century in Germany. The image of the Jews that even after being forced to convert to Catholicism, never loses his evil soul, his malignity was used in the 15th century, 1449, in Spain, Toledo, by professional corporations, to exclude the conversion from the professional and eliminate the competition. The Portuguese Inquisition worked with a directory, a regiment, all inspired in canonic law. During three centuries, all the conversions were excluded systematically, systematically from Portuguese <coughs> participation in society. <coughs> the Portuguese legislation was close, was clear after having lived 15 centuries in Spain and Portugal, there was no more place for Jews. The propaganda came mainly from the high church that say if the Portuguese will not take care, in 100 years the all world will be occupied by them because the Jews will and then they use lesser uh, because the Jews are lesser caught by calamities they never feel hungry they are not human they don't go to war well they were forbidden to participate in military orders they don't get sick, they are not human. <laughs> By uh, the 
pesti, ma non sei pesti They use different kind of medicine from the Christians. And they are highly dangerous to the population and do a lot of harm to the Christians. The doctors carry poison under their nails and when they touch a Christian patient, the patient dies. Pasquins, posters, were hanged in the walls of the churches, asking the Christians to take arms against the Jews and make all the sacrifices to eliminate every Jew dog. The words, the words exactly used the documents. Books were written and published against Jews in the 17th and 18th century in Spain and Portugal, manuscripts were distributed, sermons exploited, explained that for all the calamities we have to blame the Jews. The Inquisition was supposed to fight against heresy, all kinds, witchcraft, sodomy, homosexuals, bigamy, but all the writings and pasquins were directed not against the heretics in general, against the Jewish nation. And here appears the word nation. The myth of the pure blood obsessed the mind of the Portuguese and Spaniards during centuries. And after the Inquisition of Portugal was abolished, 1821, and the country took political a new direction, after the minister Marquis de Pombal, for uh, economic reasons, ordered the, destroy, the destruction of the files with the names of the descendants of Jews, traditional stereotypes of the Jew continued and remained till today in Portugal. Uh, in the descendant, in the in the 19th century, some descendants of Jews, poets, intellectuals, writers, tried to tell the story of the Portuguese inquisitorial centuries and the sacrifice of the Jews. But the majority tried to wash up the memory. The Portuguese historiography about the Inquisition, Inquisition is very poor and the majority of Spanish ones is tendentious and try to minimize the effects of the Holy Court of the Inquisition. And to finish, I want to remember the words of Leo Ben. Nothing is so sad like silence. During all the three centuries of extermination of the Jews, no one heard no, who cared about them? Who? No one nation, no one voice spoke in favor of the Jews. They cultivated Portuguese in Holland, who returned to Judaism, wrote beautiful poetry expressing their sympathy in words and tears. But beside Menasseh ben Israel, who went to Cromwell asking for readmission of the Jews, Nothing was done during 300 years to save the Jews. As during the 
silence. The nation, the Pope, the world did not do anything to save the Jews from the Inquisition or from Nazism. We see through history that the institution and the mechanism that made possible the Inquisition and the Holocaust did not make much progress, as says Sigmund Bauman. The norms, the values, and institutions in which we live today are the same that made the Holocaust and the Inquisition possible. If we transfer medieval antisemitism to our days, we will feel we will find numerous parallels that can answer the question put at the conference to Alan Finkielkraut. Antisemitism in our days has still origins from the Christian common government laws. Well, I saw before yesterday the video of the Arab propaganda, and it is absolutely unbelievable that in a changing world that thousand and hundred and thirty years after the medieval concepts of the church, we meet the same conceptions, the same accusations, the same diabolization, exactly the same vocabulary. The lies are still the same. From Visigothic kingdom, passing through the Inquisition, arriving to Nazism, the language remains the same. Anti-Judaism, anti-Semitism, anti-Sionism, anti-Israeli, today, the sense and signification is the same. What made it with uh, us worry, and we have to understand what history taught us, the impossible integration of the Jews globally in the large world. The Inquisition research uh, the Jew till the eighth and ninth generation. Hitler went till the fourth. <coughs> the half of the, the, the hate of the converted Jew was much more violent than to the assumed Jew. If we compare the <coughs> Canonic law and Visigothic law and discrimination, we will find a, its, its accusation against the Jews if we compare the infamous diabolization and lies <coughs> with the inquisitorial tradition and also with the Nuremberg laws. We will understand why the Holocaust was. And I finish with the words of Umberto Eco. If all the past wouldn't have been prepared with the hate and defamation against the Jews, Holocaust would not have
I was born and raised as a Catholic. And uh, <coughs> even in 1947, when I was prepared for First Communion, I was told <coughs> by my elderly parish priest that the stiff-necked, stubborn Jews had killed <coughs> Christ. I didn't know who the Jews were. This is in Germany. There were no Jews. I thought there was something like the Phoenicians. Okay? I, I was seven years old, right? And what I hear, <coughs> I, have, I have lived in Israel and, uh, and uh, I have, I, I, my, I myself have dedicated myself to the research of the legacy of the Shoah, Nazi Germany, and uh, what is so absolutely stunning is the stupidity of the repetitiveness, the lack of imagination. It is the sameness. And I would say that the main objection to Jews is that they, by and large, don't eat up wholesale this, this kind of stupidity. Also that Judaism has uh, put a very strong emphasis on ethics which is obviously missing in, in Christianity, and or has been, I think it still does. And I would like to give you a quote by uh, the unfortunate deceased Jewish American writer Grace Payne. She says the Jews will be the thorn, no, the splinter in the toe of civilization to aggravate the conscience. And I think Personally, I think, if the Jews go, so goes the world. It is, it is, the Jews, Jews live and try, at least try, to live by tikkun olam. A Christianity that doesn't exist. And uh, also, in, in Christianity, life is nothing. Going to heaven and sitting next to blonde, blue-eyed angels listening to endless harp music is what it's all about. But the here and now is actually irrelevant. Life is nothing. You can step on it. You can crush it. And this, this to me is one of the core um, dichotomies between Judaism and Christianity. That in Judaism, even though I don't know whether there was a heaven or isn't, I, I'm, I'm not a Jewish scholar at all, uh, I don't know that much about Judaism, 